Welcome to the Perimenopause Power Podcast. We are Lisa and Natalie, two certified holistic health coaches passionate about helping women embrace their physiology to elevate their highest potential for confidence, health and energy. Perimenopause will be unique to you and each episode gives you the power in knowing that you can define your own journey. Let's get into today's episode. Well, hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Perimenopause Power. Hello, Lisa. G'day, Nat. We're uh, doing this side by side today. How nice is that? We are. Mm. It's always, sometimes it just never happens that we can be in the same room at the same time. Too much going on. I know. We do have our guest online who is Therese O'Neill. And Therese is founder, CEO, and mentor at Therese.co. And Therese has a very extensive bio of some fabulous businesses that she has created and sold and really focused on mentoring and particularly supporting women from the finance um, mortgage broking industries but also more than that uh, Therese is really a big advocate and passionate about collaboration over competition and also women supporting women and mental health and we're going to hear a lot from Therese about other important topics such as menopause and endometriosis throughout our conversation today. And uh, can we just say thank you so much for being here today. Welcome, Therese. Woo-hoo. No, it's my pleasure. These are topics that I'm really passionate about and, and I think the conversation that we can have and the, the more that we can raise awareness about these issues um, the better the world will be. Couldn't agree more. And I had the absolute pleasure of hearing you MC an event, uh, Friends in Biz by mm. Louise Larkin, who we all have a mutual respect Louise. for the work yep. that Louise does. And I was really drawn to your passion and enthusiasm for supporting others, particularly women. And I think it'd be really great to start off with where has your passion for coaching and mentoring come from? Look, I would say as a passion that probably began about 15 odd years ago um I fell into it by accident commercially there was an opportunity within the mortgage and finance industry at a moment in time um where it actually worked for me at the time I had a four-year-old daughter um and we'll get to talking more about her at at the you know at some point in the future um so I had a four-year-old daughter I had a six-year-old son I was in um corporate finance sales and commercial lending and just the opportunity arose so I fell into it but I fell into it by do, by having by promising um, myself and my family especially my four-year-old and six-year-old children that didn't see a lot of me that I would um, take six months off and do nothing but reflect on who it is who I am, I did, I, I invested a bit of time with some kinesiology to work out some of those things that I can't unlock myself about past behaviours and how I behave and respond. Um, so I had the luxury of time to do that and also to reflect on um, what did I really want to do now for the rest of my life. And I then reflected on my experience as a woman in this very patriarchal industry Um, that is bereft of ideas and, um, you know, any sort of genuine marketing insights that um, I thought about my journey and how that could have been better for me 
and I'm not alone. So um, so in that six-month reflection, I thought about that. I did the necessary training I needed. I had to get a training and assessment qualification. I had to get formalised qualifications in what I thought I'd like to deliver as a mentor. Um, and so I that's my opportunity. I loved what I was really good at. I was out of Adelaide and yet I was Citibank's like top five salesperson because the way that I sold was through education. So I educated brokers that had one skill set and taught them how to easily capitalise on those skills, make the learning of new concepts and ideas easy, make the vision compelling and deliver it with some freaking bedazzle, yeah? And I was the only chick, so it was not easy in traditional Adelaide town. Um, and so, and I really enjoyed it. I thought I, I discovered that I had a talent for making complex things um, not only easy to and, to and to distill down, but also make it freaking exciting for people to get on board. And so I reflected on that and it gave me great joy. And it was also reasonably effortless. So, and it just went like, wacko, I'm actually pretty good at this. Mm. And I still get that same joy today. That's so good. I love that, that you brought the word bedazzle into what you were just talking about. Because I, I do, I'll often say I love a bit of sparkle in something that I might wear or a bit of sparkle in life. So, um, and I love that you've made it so exciting for these people that you were coaching and you know, bringing their skill set up and obviously making them realise that they can do a little bit more than just the one thing. So that's fantastic. Mm. And I have to say, I really resonate with that whole education piece mm. and finding that passion and that purpose and realising what you are good at. And again, we've spoken many times on this podcast and also with other women and through our workshops, that life cycle for women, as we get older, we just want to make impact and work with purpose and passion. And it's amazing yeah. what you can unlock and, and us included too, Lise, you, you tap into skills you didn't think you mm. had and you realize, God, I am really good at what I'm doing and it's what keeps you going and, and hence why we keep doing what we're doing because we love it. So it's it's really always so great to speak to women like yourself and who are just, yeah, come into their own and, you know, hopefully our listeners really do feel that inspiration and, and motivation if they've got that personal passion and, and purposeful work that they want to do. Yeah, really important. And, you know, and just hearing your story opens up you could change any just one listener's mind on this podcast listening to this podcast to say go you know what I'm actually going to go and give whatever I'm thinking about a bit of a go because that's been so inspiring just to hear so mm -hmm. isn't that wonderful yeah um as you and our listeners will know closing the gap around menopause education is part of the work that we do at Own Your Health Collective and of course menopause doesn't care what industry women work in what are some of the challenges women within finance and mortgage brokering might have when it comes to menopause? And have you seen the impacts of such phases of women's lives and ability to continue to build their business and careers through these times? Yeah. So I've been in this industry for well over 20 years and so have a lot of people I know. Um, and this, uh, my industry is predominantly male, so 70, 
over 75% male um, mm. of, of all the brokers in Australia are male. So we still have a, a, a lot of that. But um, the, the men and the women in this industry 20 years ago, a lot of them are still there today. So that means I've seen um, my colleagues grow from the age of mid-20s to mid-30s and age 20 years. So um, um, no matter what you, what you might say and how young you might identify as, and just for the viewers, I identify as 30. Oh. Um, I identify as a young millennial. And apparently that is an accepted thing. Um, because I'm authentic about it. So it's been validated by my Gen Z children who still live at home and probably sadly will for the next I, five years. I love all of that. Kind of um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so of course, menopause is part of that, but there's a whole lot uh, and a lot of other things, even talking to somebody today. Uh, so they're about to go, read back, go back on their IVF cycle. So they're at the other side mm. of menopause. Um, um the thing with um, brokerage, small female population out of a total population of 18,000, but there's support staff. Um, predominantly most brokers are isolated and working alone um, for most of the time. So it's an issue around menopause, yes, um, but and then other conversations because you're actually working isolated. And then if I go to an event where there might be a number of brokers there, I might be one of eight women. Mm. Okay. My, my so parents. I think not being able, and you don't know what you go through and it's just not a dialogue. It's not a sexy dialogue or conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but women amongst themselves will, will talk about, will talk about that. I am. So I pick up on, on some signals and I only go from my own personal experience. If you can get sleep, that matters. Mm. Um, so matter whether you're on a HRT or whatever it is, um, but if, if women that I know in the menopause or perimenopause range are saying that they're just not sleeping, um, I would, I will usually suggest, I'll go, are you going through menopause? And they'll go, no, I go, well, you'll be going through perimenopause. Yeah. Um, and this is what's happening with your body. So do a bit of research on it. What I found for me, um, and I'm older than you. Um, is that I need melatonin to sleep. Your body does not produce melatonin in the amounts that it does. If you're going through perimenopause, that is starting to happen for you already. It's natural. Talk to your doctor, yeah? Mm. Get sleep. So at least I think I, what I know is I know exactly what it is that you're going through if you're expressing these symptoms to me. And I and I seem to be a safe person to be able to have those conversations with. Mm. And mm. now I'm just trying to take that and then bring it on stage. Mm, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And and even yeah, and even if I use my stage voice, which is building a personal brand, I talk about knowing your target market and talking about the things that matter to them. And I give an example. Yeah. I go, for example, a 35-year-old me was interested in this. Today, yeah, that woman 20 years late, Nada, is interested in how do I lose freaking weight? Yeah. Mm. How do I stay young and beautiful forever? Yeah. Uh, how do I know if I'm going freaking mad? Um, how do I get my cortisol levels down? What's something, you know, that I can do? How can I actually meditate and rest this brain? So they're the things that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. So if you're speaking to me, are you speaking to me? Yeah. And getting my attention through those things because they're what matter to me. Um, so I do bring that up now on got that forum to talk about that on stage. And I have lots of side 
side conversations mm-hmm. it's working yeah yeah and you're opening it up for others to come and see you that may not want to bring it up in a group situation if you're doing a speaking gig or something like that but then they come to you on the side and want to have a bit more conversation and there's a safety in what you're doing even though you're bringing it out in a way you're, you are actually bringing it out in a way that that hey look this might be comfortable for me to have a chat with her afterwards so it's very powerful what you're doing yeah Mm. And you also highlight too, we obviously do a lot of work in the workplace and bringing this into the workplace where women are surrounded by their peers, male or female, but women, as you're suggesting in the industry that you're in, working very much in isolation and haven't got that peer support on tap, let's say. So I think, again, you, you really highlight another important issue that we need to or why we need to address this topic on a societal level and business level is so that we can create these peer support groups. And maybe that's not the right term, but yeah, those those groups where women can feel part of and actually have those conversations, because as many conversations as you're having to raise, there's probably a lot of other conversations that are wanting to be had and not have been had. And women are really drowning in what they're feeling and experiencing and, and not having any outlet for that conversation. So again, just, I guess, to our listeners that it, it just highlights how far wide this Mm. conversation and topic really needs to be had on all levels not just in the workplace not just in the home but business context in in with peers with friends with with women and just seeing ourselves as equal women who are having shared experiences how do we open this forum up and and I, i always talk about we've got women thriving together platform around no woman left behind we do not want to see any woman left behind in their experience around perimenopause and menopause. It's also a mindset shift too because sometimes we can attach to um, I'm not getting any sleep, I'm not being able to lose weight, yeah. I've, um, you know, I'm not as insta-fabulous as, as somebody that is a new entrant in my industry or a new entrepreneur on the street. So all of these things while you're going through the big hormonal shift that is menopause, Um. And I think these things lay it on top of one another. So there's um, self-doubt, self-esteem issues, yeah. Maybe I should just um, hang it up. No one wants to deal with an old woman, which, and we need to change that conversation. No one wants to deal with an irrelevant person, yeah, is more mm-hmm. the thing. Um, um, so if you've got something to say and something that matters, I, I think um, that's probably an important message to get out as Mm. well, which is what you're doing with the podcast. Mm. Yeah, so true. So just Mm. on reflection and sharing the experiences that you've had with other women, is, is there a personal experience that you could share with our listeners in how you have maintained your, yourself, your perspective um, and, and navigated or navigating this, this phase of life? Yes. Well, I haven't, there's a, um, so I and, and I'm trying to coin the name for a next keynote, yeah. But it's loud, confident, and sometimes wrong. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and I suppose that's an acceptance that I've had of myself, but that was that wasn't always the case. I, I think there's some big shifts in in a woman's life. Um, so for me, motherhood was big. Mm. Um everything up until then, you know, there was sort of like I had a practice husband, but doesn't everybody, you know? Um, and so that was that's not sort of too long-term traumatising. But be, becoming a mother certainly was. 
Um, so again, for women, that big hormonal um, shifts, um, oh, there's a lot of sleep, sleep deprivation. It's good now that there's, um, you know, that, that there's paid maternity leave now and you can pretty much take a 12-month break, which I think is really nice. Uh, not so nice, though, if you're not really into babies. Um, and that was probably my experience. I would, they're so boring. <laughs> um, they just are, yeah? yeah? They don't talk. They don't share ideas, yeah? They sleep a lot so you can't do shit, yeah? yeah. They don't and tell you what's going away, on. They, yeah. Then they're awake, they want to feed, and I remember feeding at the Adelaide Museum um, and being told to move it along because oh. I was breastfeeding, Yeah. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I never get out, yeah? <laughs> um, it is, it's a huge life adjustment. And and I've shared before that things was are better to, things are better today. Yeah. yeah. So I um and there's you know what, there's no one to talk to when you feel like that. Mm. Um and yeah, so that was interesting. Anyway, so geez, no surprise. And I had a set because I was old, yeah. Um 36 when I had Cooper, 38 when I had Sally. So had them very quickly. So I had two babies for somebody that found them boring. Um, and um, so that, yeah, that was really hard. So I got diagnosed with postnatal depression after Sally. Um, I had succeeded at everything in my life, but I'm not succeeding very well with this one. And so I was very suicidal I had no one to talk to because my family were in Queensland and I'm like trapped um here so that was yeah so that was really tough so I ended up going on um antidepressants for that so I didn't tell well my family knew but that was a big secret um and I never I felt like such a loser and and I think um, so my husband sort of said to me when he came home from the gym and said, you should get yourself some of those little bikinis with the little things where your butt hangs out. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? I have, I, I just had a baby three months ago. And like, I'm throwing shit in suitcases, hey, and I'm I'm out of there and I'm leaving and I'm writing on lipstick, yeah, on the mirror doors of the bedroom that you're an asshole. And then he said, you know, do you think that maybe you've got postnatal depression? Went, what? <laughs> <laughs> um. A- anyway, so maybe a week later, I phoned a hotline. Mm. And, um, and I said, look, I'm sure I'm not talking about myself, um, but my husband mentioned it and he's a dick, so what would he know? But anyway, here's the thing. And I said, and I'm sure it's not me because I don't know if you know, but I'm studying for my MBA and, like, I'm a super successful person and I waited till a very appropriate time financially in my life to have my children. I thought them through when we planned to have a second one straight away. She went, just stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> you are exactly, Yeah a prime candidate yeah mm. so yeah you probably have so go yourself down to the gp and get some help and i had a wonderful gp who gave me some very practical strategies she has like six children mm. 
going, really? I'm struggling with two. And she gave me practical things. So in addition to going on meds, which she said, yeah, you can't just do that. Um, go, you need to, for example, go and walk out every day. She said, you can do it with two kids. You put one in a pusher and you'll strap one on, you know. So I had to do that. And then I had to account into her every week to say, yeah, I did that. Mm. And then it was like, and then this week you build on that and you need to cook one meal. Mm. Scratch. She's going, yes, you can do it. So uh, that was really, that was a really great thing to work for. But I'm susceptible to that. Mm. Um, and I rec- I recognise the signs now, which is really good. But I, it took me years to share the story that I got, had was diagnosed with depression. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, but once I did, it was like, wow, are you kidding? It's like everybody is telling me, yeah, that they have experienced those that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it's that it's those shared experiences, and even with women in their forties and fifties navigating perimenopause and menopause, or yep. even menstrual complications, and and we'll talk through. Um, one of those shortly with you, the topic around endometriosis, but it's it's mm. that shared experience and it's breaking down those taboos and destigmatizing the experiences because yep. the, these life changes are deeply, deeply impactful and they are. The, you, you know yourself as one person and then you become someone else and we often talk about and actually our um, podcast with Karen Percy, a trauma-informed um, coach mm-hmm. and trainer, talked about how things show up in in uh, pivotal life transformations and it might not necessarily be trauma but they're they're experiences that we've that we've had across our life and and it's very much around building that foundation and that knowledge and and knowing ourselves and being able to recognize those signals and and building that foundation of, of habit so appreciate you sharing that story Therese. so next um I get it's a, a great story and there'd be a lot of people that are um definitely resonated with what you've just shared so menopause is obviously just one phase that women go through and there's a real need for girls and women to understand those reproductive years of menstruating before coming into menopause and as nat just touched on unfortunately women can suffer many debilitating conditions as part of their monthly cycles one condition that you're advocating awareness for is endometriosis um, which is you know it's literally at home for you can you give our listeners um, your personal experience of being touched by endometriosis through your daughter's um, condition yeah yeah sure so if you asked me four years ago about endometriosis I would have known the word yeah Mm, yeah and I would have known it had something to do with periods gone wonky but that would have been all I knew about endometriosis I know some people um found uh, friends of mine in the past um, were unable to conceive naturally because of endometriosis. So I sort of knew it in those, like that's it. I'd never Googled it. Um, And then um, my daughter at around about the age 14, 15, um, started experiencing period pain. Anyway, long story short, it's been a four-year journey because it just seems to be more more than period pain. So we've had scans, we've had blood tests, we've had physios, we've had all of these 
um, all of these things. Anyway, that resulted maybe in 12 months ago, um, only by virtue of the fact we were getting x-rays done at a private hospital rather than the public because I just literally couldn't face another eight-hour wait. Mm. And we're in lockdown, yeah? Um, I went, I'll pay the 350 bucks. I'll go to the private hospital. We'll get this shit done here. And and it was only that I was there that um, this, the specialist on duty came out and said to me, is there a history of endometriosis in your family? He said, I think we, you know, I actually may suspect that your daughter, daughter whilst young perhaps has this disease. I said, I don't think so. I'll ask, yeah. Um, so sends her home with the, um, um, anyway, we, we pursued that pass. So that was rejected. So it took us a long time to go, please, what, and, and the resistance and the not, and trying to rule everything else out is her pain is only getting worse. And what we now know was endometriosis was only getting out of control mm. because it's invasive surgery to confirm that you do. And she was young. They didn't want to do it, but they should have put it on the table. Mm. Um, so it was only, so that was just freaking luck. And also my daughter has a mental illness diagnosis. And so does this doctor's daughter. Another coincidence. Yeah. He's joining the dots. And anyway, so as a result of that, anyway, turns out um, we end up getting that confirmation because we insisted my daughter's quite fine. Do you understand that you're going, it's a, it's a, there's some physical damage, right? She said, I just need this to stop. Mm. Anyway, that it turns out when I was um, inadvertently speaking to my mother-in-law who lives in Adelaide, she then tells me all the freaking women on the maternal line, aunties, cousins, yeah, nana, all had freaking endometriosis. Mm. It never occurred to me, never occurred to me to, I'm the one that menstruates, right? Yeah. I would have, I just thought to go down my line. I never thought to um, go down that line. So I could have helped diagnose this a year ago because I would have answered yes to the history. But no one freaking talks about it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the, the talking, yeah, oh, um, the, the sharing, there's a lot of women yeah. that are just too scared to share anything about their health issues because they don't want to be labelled as, yeah. as being seen as, you know, weak or, you Hysterical. know. Hysterical. Yeah, you know, it's all those things and it's really sad because if I, we spoke yeah. up more, we could actually help all of us, all of ourselves, and you know those people around us even more. She was, she felt every time she went anywhere that um, she was hysterical, mm. and um, and and no one was genuine. She that's that's how she was made to feel. And then if you don't feel that you're being heard, that does not help your mental health, yeah. as well as living in chronic pain. Um, so anyway, from then to that's been almost nine months. So she's had the first major surgery. She's got two weeks of post-op to go, but the brightness is back and the sassy mouth. <laughs> um, but you're, you're almost thankful you know? for the sassy mouth though, aren't you? 
Yes, like yeah. she's back. Yeah, beast, yeah. beast from hell, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so which it which is which is wonderful. But I um it was my daughter's desire to raise awareness. So we figured because she is social media private, um, that that should be me. And then we worked together to work out what the message was. Um and then my son, which is her brother, who's 21, came up with the heading, which is Bloody Hell, which I thought was awesome. Mm. Um, and so we put that on our socials. But I think on LinkedIn it's had over 30,000 views. And next, then I got right, asked to write an article for um, some mastheads that will go all the way out to regional Victoria about endometriosis. But so many, I've had over 100 actual comments and a lot of those are women saying, same experience mm. either for me or for my daughter I've had men up there saying I'm a I'm a dad of a daughter that's going through this so it's been really amazing mm. isn't it interesting I, mm. sorry sorry Trace keep going I, I spoke at a for a women's day event to um for women's spires so that um Indian South Asian sort of that northwest sort of migrant community group and I did mention that endometriosis is next on my campaign and one of a couple of the people after that went wow in sometimes in in some of our cultures we don't even talk menstruation out loud so mm -hmm. yeah yeah there's Therefore, a lot to be yeah, we and, and so many others that came up and said I had endometriosis it fixed itself after I have my I had kids. Mm. I had a personal trainer there who is um, postmenopausal who said, "Stop for me when I had menopause. I actually love menopause mm. because yeah. the endo, endo stopped." You know, uh, what a what a freaking choice! Two bad choices. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of women. there's a lot of taboo. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a lot of taboo out there, isn't there, around all women's health conditions and your point around fathers coming onto the forum. You know, men, there's a lot of men, you know, I don't, uh, that really want to understand more about women's health and kudos to them in putting yeah. their hand up and wanting to do that. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, it's an exciting future generation of young men and, and new fathers and husbands and leaders that they're uh, a lot more leaning in, they're a lot more open and they're a lot more engaged. Mm, yeah. Which I, I think that. that part of it's super exciting. Mm, yeah, and, and yeah, men, men and women. But, you know, I think you just, as well as you were talking, you just ride home the real importance of women knowing their bodies and being comfortable in um, being in their body, but also sharing about their experience. And of course, when we talk, we don't talk about women sharing the ins and outs of absolutely mm. everything that's going on, but feeling safe and comfortable to talk. And, you know, I really invite listeners to if you I know that talking about menopause can feel very uncomfortable for a lot of women, but think about your daughter, think about your your granddaughter, your niece. your niece, the women, the girls that are coming up through the next generations. Yes, they are a lot more open. They're talking about it. There's they are talking TikToks about it. TikToks on it. 
Yes, yeah, but we we get to shape what their future looks like. And I just think the more that we can lay those foundations now and support those girls and women coming up through through the ages, it's, you know, it goes beyond just us. It, it goes beyond just us talking about it today. We are actually shaping and, and really I feel such a call to leave this legacy mm. and maybe it's because I'm a mum to an eight-year-old daughter, but I just want that that to be so normal and not even just in a work context but everything you know we've spoken before about how the world was created by man for man and that's everything and we just have never spoken about health and i don't mean to be on my high horse here but we really do have to see this as we're paving the way forward for the younger generation coming through and yes they're a lot more liberal and open but you know let's yeah let's talk about it because no woman should have to suffer around Mm. something that is so natural that every single one of us have that experience and um yeah just it it fires me up to just keep keep having these conversations and and being more aware um so trace uh we're coming up to getting to the end of the podcast it's been such a great conversation and our question that we ask everyone that comes on is um you know the podcast is all about power and finding, nurturing and using our personal power as we transition through life phases, in this case, perimenopause and beyond. We'd love to learn from you. What does coming into your own power mean to you and how have you practised it across your life? Yeah, I think for me um, there's a lot of power and acceptance and and I think that comes with age. And I would say that power of acceptance for me, coincidentally, happened around about the same time as coming into menopause. So mm-hmm. that was, which, so what I did was I channeled some of the shitty things about menopause, which is that lack of sleep or, um, which, and you can wake up from those sweats. But what I realized is for me, that was quite temporary. So I went with it. Um, and so I would be up at 2 a.m. And I might listen to a podcast. I'll put the sleeper on, so turn it off after the end of the episode. It's practical things like that. Or I might, so rather than fight it and getting really um, frustrated and really angry that was interrupting, I thought, why don't I go with it? Because invariably, two hours later, I was back in bed. Um, So there's an acceptance with that. So use that or maybe just write some shit down. Um, because it doesn't matter to me anymore but to um yeah to step in and, and share um share that. So be I am bold, I understand that. I get some people don't like my loud, but coming to menopause, I just accept it. I am who I am. Mm. I think on balance, I'm a super nice person. Um and I'm unapologetic about my loud. Um and 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 authenticity does does matter, and I have the opportunity because I now have acceptance. So if you judge me harshly, I think that's probably a you problem. Um, or and or you're buying into that tribe that I don't subscribe to, which is gossip, or repeating gossip. So um, so with acceptance, I find I have a good tribe, um, and they cheer. If you find a good tribe, they cheer you on. You cheer each other on. So there's more to be gained from collaboration than you preserve by keeping it private. Um, 
and nothing and it doesn't always have to be commercial but it's about the reach that matters and I have a 19 year old girl and a 21 year old son and they are very positively um they hate boomers but I of course don't identify as one of them so I'm out of the hate group my husband sits in that hate group (laughs) he does um but I need to show leadership and also to say we don't need a million dollars to make an impact or change the world. Um, but say what you want to say. Um, if sometimes you're wrong, apologise and have humility. But by and large, say what you want to say. Uh, and, and I need to, I, I have to actually model that. And even for my clients, when I coach them and say, it's okay. There can be 18 brokers in the room. You just need to make the most impact. Mm. Business will follow. Yeah. 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 Um, um, and, and saying and doing the do. So I have huge support and, and that's, it's really important to me. I believe I have more than just children that love me out of duty. I really believe they're my fans. And that means the world because it was a shitty mother to them as a baby, you know, Um, and they know that and they go, oh, we so know that. Yeah. (laughs) They basically think they were brought up, you know, by wolves, which they weren't. Yeah. (laughs) Prayed for your private school education, all that shit. Right. Um, (laughs) But yes, but that's a really big deal. And I accept that I am that too. Um, I'm never going to, like, steal somebody's baby out of function, nurse it all day. It, like, won't be my thing. Um, and I and I do accept that, and I think I have greater strengths, and I think that's okay. Um, I think that acceptance is also good. Going into menopause, um, you need to court, keep your cortisol levels practically under check. Um, so I I'm very mindful about, Today, I practice effortlessness, and that helps across everything. Mm, love that. Mm. Um, like a lot of people and women and entrepreneurs, you overthink it, and that's and it's not good. And when you're going through menopause, that's especially not good for your health, both mentally and physically. So, yeah, I do that now and then I... Sh- share strategies if people have a simple framework it's easy to adopt one thing at a time in their life so even with my coaching I do that I get people to do an hour of power and I heard a great quote from a shaman and and it was just to be where your feet are Mm. and you can do that for an hour that Mm. gets your cortisol levels way the fuck down Mm. um because you can just be present for that moment and that's very fulfilling mm. beautiful yeah beautiful yeah. and I, I always love a quote good tips <laughs> yeah good um, tips great quote yeah and that acceptance piece is so we're actually talking about it before we jumped mm, on yeah. um, the podcast is accepting where you are being where you are and also I think what I love um, about you Therese too is you you have very much got that you know if get that shit done um, attitude which is 
I, I think he's great, but you also come at it from a place of really wanting to make real impact and and purpose and and change. And I think you know, I think it epitomizes your whole career in in business and coaching and mentoring, and then even today around um, you know the work you're advocating for around endometriosis as well. And you know, and I, I assume that that's probably come from a place of accepting where you are and where you've been, and now seeing you know what there's an opportunity now for me to pass this on and create real change so I think that acceptance piece is really I think yeah brought you to where you are today if I can if I can say that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you yeah where, where can our listeners connect with you and learn a bit more about your work but also where could they connect uh, around your work around the endometriosis piece and that 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 bloody hell work that you're doing Oh, look, it, it's, it depends on your audience. If you follow me on Insta, it's always great. I'm therese.coach.mentor and I'm verified. There's some fake accounts out there, so don't follow them. My website is therese.co. Beautiful. Um, so you can find all my social media handles and everything there. I, I'm very active on social media, um, but my website's a great place just to reach out and, and, and contact me. You can book online if you want to do that. But socials would be where I want to go because I'm speaking all the time um, and I run events and everything I do will have something to do with one of those three pillars that I advocate for. Yeah. But awesome. Yeah. I all for freaking the future is female, mate. <laughs> I think it's exciting. And I mean that as a vibe, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I don't mean it's I don't mean there's no men in there. I just mean but there's men that love, yeah, the future is female vibe. Um, and that's really exciting for because my next speech has got to be facing death, right? Um, but to think that I might be there in in maybe 20 or 30 years, but we've got that vibe going on. Mm. Love That's it. like that would be a great acceptance way out. Mm. Yeah. Love it. I think a beautiful note to land on. That it is. The, uh, the vibe around female most definitely. And we'll pop all those links into mm. the show notes as well. And thank you so much, Therese, for coming onto our podcast and talking about your work, your experience, also the personal experience of your daughter as well. And I'm sure that our listeners will really resonate with um, your, your, your journey and, and your life experiences as well. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. I'm so grateful to to you both for inviting me on. Thank you so much. Thanks again for sharing your time with us, learning how you can be your best energetic self no matter what life stage you are going through. Be sure to contact us if any of this content resonates with you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. See you next time.